This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 327. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 327. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope that it is sunny and springy where you are. I hope there's daffodils and tulips and birds chirping. I'm in Seattle where it's raining. (laughs) It's like blustery, raining, gross. We've had a few spring days that have been so lovely. And this is how it works for us. We have like a few spring days and we're like, yes, it's here. And then we have like three weeks of rain. So yeah, so we had our few days of teasing us with spring and now we're just back to like gray and windy. So that's fun. I'm hoping by the time Shameless Mom Con rolls around that we'll have some sun. Because it would be really nice for people who've never been to Seattle to not have to like suffer the myth that it rains every day in Seattle. So that's my hope. We'll see how that plays out. Before we dive in today, I'm super excited to talk about our Shameless Mom of the Week. And Shameless Mom of the Week always comes from any of you leaving comments and reviews in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. So if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that drops you right into our iTunes and Apple Podcasts portal where you can leave a review. And what I'm looking for is for you to let me know how the Shameless Mom Academy has impacted your life. Because then I can use your story to impact other mamas' lives. It's a beautiful circle of life kind of a thing. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. So today's review, today's Shameless Mom of the Week comes from 
prime time parent. So Primetime Parent says, I found this podcast when looking for inspiration to combat the voice in my head that was full of doubt, compare, and despair, and not enoughness. This is just what I needed, and I take away something valuable from each episode. I can't make MomCon this year, but I would very much like to join the next one. Thank you for your realness, inspiration, and sharing the tools to combat negative talk while igniting change within. So Primetime Parent, thank you. I love that. And it's so relevant to today's episode because we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that goes on in our heads, some of the lies that we tell ourselves and that societally has trained us to tell ourselves and believe in. And also, I want to point out the value in bringing in outside forces when you are someone who can be full of doubt, full of compare and despair, or full of not enoughness, just like Primetime Parent mentioned. When you are someone who maybe is going through a rough spell or just has a tendency to think along those lines, it's really important that you are constantly bringing in positive, impactful, purposeful content into your brain so that you are retraining and like re-triggering the way that your brain works so that your brain can have a default mode that is more productive and powerful rather than having a default mode of self-doubt that holds you back. I think this is so important. And I think that oftentimes we do not filter our thoughts very well. I've talked about this recently in the episode with Carl Lowenthal, but sometimes we are not good at filtering our thoughts. And when we don't filter our thoughts, we allow like everything that comes in to just hold space and we honor every thought that comes in our head. And that is what allows us to stay in those places of doubt and compare and despair and not enoughness. And so I totally appreciate that Primetime Parent uses this podcast for positive influence. I do the same thing. I'm constantly reading books, listening to podcasts, things that help me elevate my thoughts and learn how to better filter my thoughts so that I'm not as impacted on those days that are hard, on those days when I can turn to to compare and despair or be full of doubt. Because I think that we all have that. So we have to recognize that all of us have these brains that are a work in progress and bringing in positive influences like podcasts and reading and journaling and all those kinds of things make a huge, huge difference in how we train our brain to operate so that we can have better default mode. So totally appreciate that message, Primetime Parent. I appreciate you listening. And thank you. Thank you for writing the review. Much, much love to you. And now I want to dive into our content today, which is kind of just perfectly segues from what we were already talking about. I want to talk about mom guilt and I think mom guilt is a lie. And this is so interesting. I was thinking about this, like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago while I was running. And the funny thing is, as soon as I started thinking this through, and this happens often to me, where I'll think something through on a run or out on a walk or something and be like, oh my gosh, I have to like do an episode about this. It's going to be so great. And I get super fired up about it. And then I start seeing supporting evidence and data like everywhere in the world. So what happened is I thought of this while I was running. I was thinking about mom guilt. I don't remember what spurred that on. But anyways, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking through like mom guilt is a lie and it's a big myth. And it's basically like the social construct. So I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But what's funny is that after I had this thought and like kind of created in my head like this huge argument around it. I started seeing other stuff that was like totally in agreement with it in multiple places. And so I started seeing more women online making conversation around mom guilt, making conversation around the struggle for women to find balance in the world because of the extreme expectations put on them and the evolution of women's roles in the last 
like 50 years and how the expectations on women have never been greater. And that's why we all feel like it's really hard because it is. <laughs> we have never been expected to do so much. And at the same time, we've also never had as many opportunities. So this is really interesting because with the dawn of so many new opportunities for women, not saying that everything's equal because it's not, there's not total equity for women at this point, but there have been many more opportunities over the last 50 years. And with the growth and opportunity for women, there's been no shift in expectation around other people to take things off their plate. It's just been like, yes, women, you can do it all. You can just keep piling it on. Go for the gold. And, but no one is like, oh, hey, like, how about since we're going to say we like now culturally agree that women are qualified to be CEOs, for example, then we're not going to say like, since we now recognize this, how about we offer in office childcare, like in most corporations or corporations of certain sizes, so that women who are CEOs could nurse on site, like things like that. Like this just doesn't happen. It's like, yes, mama, you can be a CEO, but you're going to have to pump like 13 times today between board meetings. And you might like have your boobs like leaking and bleeding on the table. That might be super embarrassing, but you can do it. Like, that's literally like what we've set up for ourselves. And because we're still in a male dominated world, this is what the men have set up for us. So thank you guys. Well, we much like we appreciate the opportunity and also could we try a little harder? So, and I don't mean for this to be like a super sexist conversation at all. I just think it'll be really eye opening. I do want to bring light to again, like the funny timing. I was thinking this through, thinking this episode through and a woman who was already on my radar to try to get on the show, Tiffany Dufu, who I have not reached out to yet. She's like high priority for me. By the time this goes live, I will have reached out to her and hopefully have her booked on the show. But she wrote a book called Drop the Ball and her book and her influence was already on my radar. But what was funny is the other morning, I'm like thinking through this episode and I was working out and I turned on Kate Northup's podcast called The Kate and Mike Show. Kate's going to be on the show shortly. And she was interviewing Tiffany. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing because I want to get Tiffany on the show. Kate's going to be on my show. It's already booked. Like This is going to be great to hear them have this conversation. And Tiffany's whole book is around this whole evolution of roles of women and what that means in terms of opportunity and also what it means in terms of challenges. And Tiffany definitely went through this on her own. So I just started reading her book called Drop the Ball. It is an excellent resource. I'm like completely blown away. Every page, I, like, I literally, the first few pages, I wasn't highlighting anything. And I was like, hold on, this is too good to not like have a pen. So then I went and got a pen and then I was underlining like every sentence. So it's that kind of book. It's a great, great book. The Forwards by Gloria Steinem, also just total fire. So great resource. And I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Okay. So now let's dive into why mom guilt is a lie and a myth. I believe that mom guilt is a social construct in which women are programmed and indoctrinated to think that they should feel bad for ever prioritizing themselves, their identity, their careers, or their happiness over that of their kids. So I'm going to say that again, because I think there's a few pieces in there that are worth like processing. <laughs> mom guilt is a social construct in which women are programmed and indoctrinated to think that they should feel bad for ever prioritizing themselves, their identity, their careers, and their happiness over that of their kids. I believe that mom guilt is a programmed, culturally indoctrinated concept and construct. And now this is not to say that the guilt that you feel is not legitimate. It's absolutely legitimate. But I also think that we are set up to feel guilty. We're told 
that we should feel certain ways about certain things. We're told that we should feel bad because we want to have a career while we have young kids. Men are not told that. Like dads don't have dad guilt. And now I'm not saying that there aren't exceptions to any of these generalizations, but for the most part, dads don't have dad guilt because they're not told that they should feel guilty for prioritizing a career over spending time with their kids. They're indoctrinated to think that they should be providers. So dads probably have more guilt around like if they can't provide for their family, if their income level isn't high enough. That's where their guilt might come in or where their discomfort might come in. But for moms, mom's guilt, we've been programmed to believe that we should feel bad if we prioritize a career over our kids. We've also been programmed or indoctrinated to feel bad for sending our kids to childcare so we can take care of ourselves. So I know that I have a few moms in different groups that I've been in and Momentum Mamas and even on our public Facebook group over at Shameless Mom hashtag every damn day. And there's moms who say like, yeah, my child goes to childcare on Monday and I don't work on Mondays and I don't work. That's just a day for me to take care of myself run errands, go get a massage. Like that's my self-care day. And when I hear this, I am like jumping for joy because I think it's so, so necessary. And I do not think this is indulgent, but I know that many people would read a comment or a post like that and think like, wow, that must be really awesome. And I don't even, I mean, some people might like just fully be jealous, like, wow, must be nice. What well, must be nice that you get your self-care day every week. But other women are just thinking like, holy cow, like that's amazing. And that's how it should be, right? We should be able to send our children to childcare and go get a massage without feeling bad about it. Instead of thinking, well, it's Mondays and I'm not working. So I should definitely stay home with them and have quality time all day. Another thing that I see come up a lot with moms and mom guilt is that whenever you are home with your kids, whether you're working or not, so this might be on the weekends, it might be when you're, if you're a stay-at-home mom, but whatever context that you're home with your kids, that you should be always engaging and playing with them. And so I know there's a lot of mom guilt around, like, I don't like playing Star Wars with my kid. I don't like doing puzzles. I don't like playing Legos. I don't like video games. I don't like coloring. I don't like playing pretend. I don't like reading books, like whatever, whatever the thing is. I don't like playing Barbies. I don't like playing My Little Ponies. So there's mom guilt around that. There's mom guilt around the fact that like, I don't want to sit on the floor and play pretend. I don't want to play with my kid all the time. I only want to do it for like five minutes and let that be enough for the day. And so again, this idea that women should have that kind of role, because I don't think there's dad guilt. I don't think dads come home and feel bad for not getting on the floor and playing with their kids because that's not the cultural programming, right? So we're trained that if you go after a big career, you might miss your baby's first steps. And oh, that would be heartbreaking. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and it, I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, 
my toes all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Or if you chase your dreams, you can't prioritize your family at the same time. You have to pick one or the other. Or you might go on a work trip and that would probably be okay, but you're going to be worrying about your baby the whole time that you're gone. You're trained to think that if you build a career, your kids aren't going to remember you being around when they were little. So you can see that like all of these things are super conflicting, right? Where you just start to think, well, maybe I should wait. Maybe I should wait to build my career. Maybe I should wait to chase the dream. Maybe I shouldn't go on the work trip. Maybe I should, you know, this opportunity that's right in front of me, it's great, but I'm going to put it off. And I've seen women go through this. I've seen people really close to me go through like giving the biggest career opportunity of their life when they have two little tiny kids and they're like, holy cow, what do I do with this decision? And I've seen women make that decision and I've seen how hard it can be and how grueling it can be. And I've also seen it done in ways that there's a lot of equity between partners and it works out really well. I've also seen it being done in ways where it's just a ton of stress. 
because the mom takes on this career opportunity of a lifetime and continues to feel like she needs to fill all these other roles that she's been indoctrinated to think are quote unquote mom roles. And she's just burning the candle at both ends for years on end. So in the other examples of those where there's more equity in the relationship, it looks really interesting because it looks very non-traditional. So I'm thinking of a couple situations where I know that like the dad's in these situations do 50%, if not more, actually the two that I'm thinking of right now, the dads do probably 50 to 70% of the childcare stuff. And sometimes I watch, I'm like, this is mind blowing. Like, this is amazing. This is so cool. Right. (laughs) But that also didn't come easily. That came with like a ton of work in the relationship to figure out whose role is what and what matters and what are we going to prioritize? And if you're going for your big career move right now, what does that mean for the other partner? And so there was a lot of compromise that came around that, which is great, right? Like compromise, communication, all those things. Really, really positive. So you have to be willing to recognize that you can work through the guilt and reprogram yourself, but it's probably going to involve reprogramming your beliefs and constructs around equity in your partnership and equity in gender roles, which is a whole big thing that some of us don't recognize plays a much bigger role than we might think in our relationships. I remember my husband (laughs) saying to me one time, and I maybe have used this as an example before, but my mom, whenever she comes to visit, like my mom loves to make a casserole and my husband and she like anything for her, she loves casseroles that have like cream of mushroom soup. That's like always the basis, like some sort of cream of mushroom soup. And then like, I don't even know what else is in them. She honestly, she hasn't made them very much for us because I'm not a huge fan of casseroles with cream of mushroom soup as a base. But my husband, like tuna noodle casserole would be like the perfect example. So my husband is like, your mom always wants to make us casseroles. Why don't you ever make casseroles? And I was like, oh my gosh, in my mind, I'm like, I have like the biggest mental block around making a casserole. You will never catch me making a casserole in my life because in my mind, making casseroles is like embracing being like a 1950s wife where like the partner has, where you're just like succumbing to your partner's expectations of what an ideal marriage or relationship should look like. And so I'm like, yeah, you're only ever going to get a casserole from my mom. Like, I don't do that. (laughs) It's just like a total trigger for me. So I think it's interesting, but from my husband's perspective, he was raised, he was born in 1966. So he's nine years older than me. He was raised on casseroles for him. That's just like this, like heartwarming, like it's like a big act of service and generosity. If someone wants to make him a casserole because his mom made him casseroles, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not here to be your mom. That's not my role in this household. Like I will make dinner. I'll complain about it a lot. I will make a lot of dinners, but I'm not making you a casserole because I'm not here to be your servant. If you want a casserole, go make your own damn casserole. So a lot of this is recognizing gender roles and recognizing the constructs in which you've been raised and the constructs in which you've been indoctrinated. So here's a couple other pieces of mom guilt, some other indoctrination ideas around what good moms do. Good moms volunteer in your kid's classroom. Good moms are on the PTA. Good moms put dinner on the table every night. Good moms fold all the laundry. Good moms put the kids to bed every night. Good moms don't need to hire help. And even taking this a little further into moms who are primarily at home. So stay-at-home moms don't need childcare or stay-at-home moms should know that it's their main job to take care of the kids and be responsible for their kids' well-being. That should be the priority, right? Or it's a stay-at-home mom's or the at-home mom's job to make dinner, keep the house clean, and 
make sure that the kids don't have dirt, any dirt on them. So this, I would say this one in particular, I wanted to clarify because I don't think this only falls on stay at home moms. I also think that working from home moms, which is more and more common, and I fall into that category, there's a lot of expectations on work from home moms. Well, you're home all day. How did you not do the laundry and clean the house and make the dinner before five o'clock? Because you've been home all day. (laughs) My husband, like there's times I'm like, you don't understand. Like I didn't stand up for eight hours. I sat at my desk for eight hours, did not even stand up to pee. I like had a crumb of a bar that was left from three days ago. That was lunch. (laughs) So, and my husband used to work from home, so he totally gets it. So he's does well with his expectations around this, but we have these ideas and expectations around what someone should be able to accomplish because they happen to be in a house during the day. And those often, again, are very indoctrinated things. So I want you to now think about where do you feel guilt? And why do you feel that guilt? Because I'm not denying that you might feel bad about some things. I'm not denying that you might feel bad. Like, I mean, if you missed your kid's first steps because you were on a work trip, of course, you're going to have a ton of emotion around that. That makes sense. Totally fine. But also, what are your influences that you're letting build the constructs in your minds? And what are your influences that you are allowing into your thoughts that are keeping you stuck in these thought patterns around guilt. Because I think that's a lot of it, being stuck in thought patterns. Rachel Hollis says there's a special brand of oppression found inside mommy guilt. And I absolutely agree with that, that there is this oppression of mommy guilt and that we internalize it and we hold on to it and we don't talk about it a ton. And I would say even for me, like I for a long time was like, I don't really have mom guilt. Like I've gotten over that. And the truth is that that's not true. I have phases where I don't have mom guilt. And then I have other phases where I do. And I think it depends on where your kid is at, where they're at developmentally, where they're at emotionally. There's going to be days where you're like, we're all good. And then there's other days where you're just going to be like, I didn't show up. I completely failed. And so I think that we have to acknowledge that the guilt is real, but it's because of a social construct. It's because we've been trained to believe that things should look a certain way and that the division of labor should be broken down a certain way in households and that a career path should look a certain way. And that if we're going to go for it in our career at the expense of time with our family, we are told that we should be constantly missing our kids and we should be constantly like acutely aware of every single thing that we're missing. And men are not trained that way. Like men are not trained if they are gone on a business trip for three days to sit in their hotel room and feel weepy the whole time. Whereas women are, women are asked, women who travel a lot for work, people will say, oh my gosh, how do you do it? How do you juggle that all? No one ever says that to a guy. People don't ask men, how do you do it all? How do you juggle? How do you travel three days a week? Oh my gosh, don't you miss your kids? Don't you miss the, no, like men are trained. And I mean, there's something to be said for men are trained to not be nearly as emotional about things, but men are not trained to feel guilty around prioritizing a career over family. And so I want you to think about where do you let your thoughts come in and get the best of you? Because here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed. The first time I traveled without Vinny, I was like losing my mind. I was so freaked out about going. And the whole week in advance, and I've heard other moms talk about this too. So the whole week in advance, I was like, I probably should just cancel this trip. Like, I don't even need to go. It's not that big of a deal. I should just stay home. It's way too, the planning involved is like crippling the first couple times you leave a kid anyways. So I was like, it's just easier if I don't even go. I was completely freaking out. And I was like, I'm going to be crying the whole way to the airport on the plane. I'm going to be like a nervous wreck the whole time. What if the plane crashes? I mean, it was everything. I was worried about every step of it. And what's interesting is I got to the airport and got on the plane and I was like, I'm actually totally fine. (laughs) 
completely fine. This is going to be great. (laughs) And then while I was gone, yes, I missed him, but I honestly didn't think about him the whole entire... I mean, I thought about him at certain intervals, but he wasn't like constantly on my mind. And I really thought that he would be. And now when I travel, there'll be times when I'll go like 24 hours and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about my family for 24 whole hours. Like, am I an awful person? (laughs) And I'm like, no, because it's okay to be completely absorbed in another situation or circumstance that's okay. So there's times when I travel now and I'm like, oh, we haven't FaceTimed in like a day and a half. Maybe we should do that. It's okay to be focused on something else. It's okay to let your mind go so that you can be fully involved and invested in another area of your life and not just thinking about being a mom and not letting that be your primary identity at all times. I think a lot of this does also come down to identity. And so what is your identity? I know that one of the things I love about Rachel Rogers, my coach. So Rachel Rogers, when she talks about her identity, she identifies herself first as a woman of color. Secondly, like as a woman who helps other women build, scale their businesses from six to seven figures. And then as a wife, and then as a mom of four kids and like, but she has it kind of prioritized. And I don't know if that's her exact order, but I know that her first piece of her identity that she addresses in her bio is that she is first and foremost, a woman of color. And that for her, that's her most significant identifier, not being a mom. So that's not to say that that needs to be what, you know, the same for everyone. Maybe being a mom is your first identifier and the first thing that you embrace about your identity. And that's also totally fine, but it's okay if it's not. And I've been actually thinking about this a lot lately. Like, is my, the biggest piece of my identity and the biggest legacy that I'm going to leave wrapped around being a mom? It will be a big part of, or it is a big part of my legacy. It is a big part of my identity, but is that the number one thing? That doesn't mean that I don't love my kid or that I put my kid behind other things. It just means that it's okay for my identity to have multiple components and for those components to carry equal weight or maybe other things to carry greater weight than motherhood or parenting. That's okay. And some people are going to think that sounds super controversial and really like, I don't know, unethical and gross. And you can think that that's fine. I understand that that's not going to be everyone's jam, but I'm not less of a mom for prioritizing a career over motherhood. I'm not less of a mom for saying that my identity starts with being an entrepreneur who supports other and champions other women to help them build their identity and have massive impact in the world. Like if that's my biggest piece of my identity, that's okay. And that can be my identity over being Vinny's mom. And that doesn't make me less of a mom. And that doesn't make me worse of a mom. And that certainly doesn't mean that my kid is suffering in any way. So I think that it's really important to look at these components of identity while you're thinking about how you let mom guilt get in your way, essentially. So here's why this social construct is so dangerous. Because when we give into this social construct. And when we believe in this social construct, and when we feel victimized by the social construct, which many of us are victimized by it, it leads to a breakdown in mental health. If you are constantly consumed by guilt, or self doubt, or even a lack of self compassion, because of the way that you're trying to juggle so many things, it will lead to a breakdown in your mental health, which will lead to depression, anxiety, isolation and loneliness. Because that's what happens when you internalize outside messages and you listen to them over and over again. 
it only can lead to depression, anxiety, isolation, and loneliness. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. So you have to take it really, really seriously. If you're someone who finds yourself sitting in mom guilt a lot, you have to look at what is that doing to you? What is that doing to your mental health? Because it's not helping it. Guilt is not productive. Guilt keeps you stuck. So you have to look at what is productive. If you are letting yourself be consumed by mom guilt and by the myth of mom guilt and the lie of mom guilt as it relates to this conversation and as it relates to it being a social construct, look at the cost that it's having on your life and look at the cost that it's having on your mental health. If you are letting yourself be consumed by mom guilt, as I've laid it out as a social construct, then you're keeping yourself stuck in a story and stuck in a lie and stuck in a myth that is ultimately going to break down your own mental health. 
it's going to compromise your worth and it's going to compromise your value for yourself and for those around you. Like there's no way around it. Another piece of this is I got this from an article from today's parent that says research has shown that feeling guilty doesn't reform our future behavior. Rather, it gives power to the part of the brain that seeks gratification. So I think that's really powerful as well. So guilt is not productive and nor does it change our future behavior. So like I said, it keeps us totally stuck. It gives power to the part of the brain that seeks gratification. So when you let yourself stay stuck in guilt, you find messages to reinforce that guilt. You will find all the things that you're missing. If you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have taken that promotion because now I'm missing all the stuff at home. All you're going to do is see the stuff that you're missing. You're not going to see my kid is seeing me be strong. You're not going to see that like I get home in time to eat dinner every night or I get home in time for a bath and bedtime. You're not going to see the quality time that you're having with your kid. You're not going to see the opportunities for quality time that you have with your kid. Instead, you're only going to see what you're missing out on. And that's just going to get take up more and more space and get bigger and bigger in your head. So when I look at my friends who are the primary breadwinners in the family or who've decided to really go for their big corporate dreams or big career dreams, I shouldn't say corporate because it's not all corporate, but going for their big career dreams while they have really little kids, they don't give light to being stuck in what they're missing out on. Do they recognize it from time to time? Absolutely. Do they like take that on? No. They have to keep looking at what are they doing? Why are they doing it? And what are the truths around their relationships with others? And what is their truth around their own worth and their own value? So let's talk about how to get over mom guilt then. I want you to think about four different pieces here. So the first is recognizing the patriarchy for what it is, recognizing the social construct that is mom guilt and acknowledging that that's what it is. So the next time you feel bad, recognizing like, wow, I feel really bad because I just you know, prioritized something over my child, whether it was going to get a massage, taking a nap, like, you know, saying no when my kid wanted to play, going for a career move or a promotion, going back to school, deciding to work late every Tuesday and Thursday, like whatever the thing, recognizing that when you feel those twinges of guilt around it, that that is the social construct, that is the indoctrination, and that is the patriarchy telling you how you should feel. That doesn't mean that those feelings aren't real. They are, but you have to recognize where they're coming from. They're coming from this indoctrination. So then the next piece of that, the second piece here, how to get over mom guilt, the second piece is to know your worth. So as soon as you feel those feelings coming in, you check in with your own worth. And this is where a personal development practice is going to be really, really key if this is a big struggle for you, because a lot of you don't know your worth. And a lot of you will just get stuck in the cultural programming around this and in the indoctrination and not be able to find your way out. So you have to be practicing personal development to recognize all the ways that you're strong and powerful, to recognize how you can constantly be bettering your game. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, cool, so now I have to like practice personal development and all this time that I don't have. All that means is that you like listen to the Shameless Mom Academy a couple times a week, that maybe you also have a couple audiobooks that you have on in the car when you're driving or when you're making dinner, or when you're folding laundry. Maybe you read for 10 minutes at night. Maybe you journal or meditate for a few minutes in the morning. It can be little doses of things, but you have to be practicing this personal development because that journey of personal development is the journey that will allow you to stay in your worth and the journey that will allow you to know your worth. And if you're not practicing that, if you're not actively working into that and leaning into that, you will find yourself going the other direction in the direction of 
giving power to the part of your brain that seeks immediate gratification through recognizing this construct of guilt that you have had for a really long time, possibly that was modeled by your family and that you've just blindly adopted as many of us do between generations, adopting family patterns, family belief systems, cultural belief systems without questioning them. The third piece of this is know your why. So you have to know your why. I'm really clear on the value of my why. So my why serving women, helping other women recognize their impact and their identity in the world is hugely significant to me. That gets me so excited. It gets me up every single morning, like ready to go. That's a huge part of my why. Another part of my why is that I adore my child. Like I can barely talk about him without crying sometimes. So he means everything to me. And part of that relationship for me, part of the value of that relationship is for him to see what a woman can do and for him to have a different experience with gender roles than my husband and I had in our families for him to see gender in a different way, in a more progressive way. This is why my child wore tutus to school for months on end when he was three. You want to wear your tutu, you wear it for as long as you want. (laughs) You want to wear the pink sparkly headband, go for it. So knowing my why makes it simple and clear to get over the guilt. When I say yes to a trip, like, I mean, coming up in May and June, I have a ridiculous amount of travel. If you're following me on social media, this will be interesting. Just like check yourself. If you're following me on social media and you're like, hmm, interesting. Is she even like taking care of her kid at all for the next two months? Because hardly is the answer. Hardly. I have a lot of travel. Some of it is family travel. So that will be, you know, obviously I'll be parenting there, but I have a lot of work travel and actually some social travel. That's just me with other groups of women during that time. And saying yes to some of those things, I had to give a lot of thought to it and I had to get clear on my why. And my why, knowing my why made it clear as to why I needed to prioritize these trips and why they needed to happen, even though they're in really close proximity to each other, even though the timing is not awesome, even though it means that like my husband is going to be solo parenting more often or more frequently than either of us would prefer over the course of a couple months. But I know my why, so I don't feel guilty about it. And then number four, know your values and your family values. So this ties into your why and this ties into your worth, but you have to know your values and you have to know your family values. And so for me, like I know my values. I know that I am going to push the societal norms and the societal messaging around what a woman can do. That's what I do. I am like, I am here for the conversation around like indoctrination of women's roles and mom guilt and all that stuff. Like I'm here for all of it. I'm here for conversations around a woman's place in the workplace. I'm here for conversations around like, you know, women having the opportunity to breastfeed at work. I'm here for the conversations around how much money women make compared to men, why women sit at the back of the boardroom, why women start every sentence with the word sorry. I'm here for all of that. So I'm really clear about my values and my family's really clear about our family values. And so our family values are pretty cut and dry in terms of knowing that what we stand for and what we don't. So my husband and I know that we don't hold each other back from our dreams. If one of us wants to do something... We give each other a ton of space and independence. And so whether this is me doing, you know, going on different trips, whether it's my husband going on trips, I mean, he was gone recently for like a week and a half. And I was joking because he like said it was like a work thing, but I was like, let's talk about this. Like you were at South by Southwest and then you were in Santa Monica on the beach. And yes, it was work related, but I was joking because he was like, oh, it's a work trip. I'm going to be so tired. I was like, dude, you're going to be like 
having the time of your life. And so, but also it didn't even occur to me to be like, oh, you can't do two trips back to back. No way. Like I can't parent for, I don't know, eight days in a row or whatever. The truth was, yes, I can. And I would never say no to him because I know that those things were high value to him. And one of our family values is really around supporting each other in our dreams. We also had to look at this when my husband decided to shut down his business and I decided to keep mine. Again, family values. Our family values were around the fact that like, we can't both be working all the time. We can't both have fluctuating income. We need a little more stability and predictability now that we have a kid. So what is that going to look like? And he was eager, like, I'll take one for the team. I want the nine to five. Like, I want to be able to shut my briefcase. He doesn't have a briefcase. Shut my bag at five o'clock and be like, peace out. Shut the laptop. Be done for the day. Whereas I was like, oh my gosh, I could never go back to like corporate nine to five ever, ever, ever. And he was like, I'm more than happy to do it. So our family values were really clear around how can we have better work-life balance in our family if one of us doesn't run a business because having two of us running businesses was getting to be cumbersome and was getting to be challenging. And it was getting to be just a lot of stress on our family and our relationship and all sorts of things. And that didn't feel right for us. So for our family values and for prioritizing the way we want our family to operate, it made sense for one of us to shift gears. And that was scary. That was a really big move. My husband shut down his business after 17 years. Also, I sold my gym after 15 years just last year. So again, family values. Like my husband was like, holy cow, you're going to walk away from this business that like has great predictable income. I was like, yep. So, But family values, he knew that I had a bigger dream inside of me. And he was like, okay, like family values. I'm not going to hold you back from doing this. I trust that you are going to make this work because every time you say you're going to make something work, you do. And so I didn't feel guilty about selling the gym. He didn't feel guilty about shutting down his business. Even though both of those were risky moves, we didn't have guilt around that because we knew our family values. We knew our personal values. We knew our whys. We both know our worth. And we also recognize the patriarchy for what it is. We recognize like systemic messaging around gender roles and all those kinds of things. And so we try to be really conscientious around doing what works best for us without getting wrapped up in how that compares to other people's life, other people's choices, other people's judgment. So again, how to get over mom guilt, recognize the patriarchy for what it is, recognize the indoctrination, really key. Next, know your worth. Next, know your why. And next, know your values and your family values. I hope this was really helpful. If you know a mom struggling with mom guilt, I want you to send this to them, especially if it's someone who you know, who you just see is like really wanting to take things to the next level in their career or wanting to build out their own. I mean, maybe it doesn't even have to be someone looking for a career change, but maybe a stay-at-home mom who just finds herself like floundering because she feels like she has to play with her kids all day and she's at her wit's end. No, like tell her to get half day of childcare once or twice a week so that she can go to the gym and do her own thing. Like any mom who just feels guilty because that's the nature of the role of motherhood and that's what we're programmed to feel no matter what, please share this episode with them because we don't have to live in the social construct. We can choose to move beyond it. It will take some work. Yes, but it is possible to move beyond the social construct and to take back the power and get out of the dysregulation and the dysfunction of mom guilt and into something that's much more positive and powerful and productive and purposeful.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show. So you never miss an episode. You can do that directly. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that will put you in Apple podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.